the Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is brought to you by the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for people who want their self-awareness to make a difference in the world. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, and this week I'm delighted to share with you a conversation I had with my colleague and friend, Colleen Adrian. She's a conscious parenting coach, and today we're talking about how to raise conscious kids and share with them the spiritual path and connecting with their intuition. I connected with Colleen at my home in Victoria, BC. You're a conscious parenting expert, and I do want to talk to you about how we can help our children to maintain a strong connection with their intuition. But first, can you tell me, I mean, I know every child is an individual, but generally speaking, what would you say are some of the greatest threats to our connection with our intuition as children? Or are there certain times or situations where we lose that strong connection? I think that the greatest threat to our children's connection with their intuition is when we aren't connected to our intuition ourselves. Because so much of what they learn comes from just being with us and feeling how we are in the world and learning by watching our role modeling. And so when we're disconnected from ourselves, they obviously have less opportunity to learn that from us. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that happens when we're not very disconnected to ourselves is that... When we're not very... The other thing that happens when we're not very connected? When when we're not very connected to ourselves, Mm -hmm. the other thing that happens for our children or in our interaction with our children is that we aren't as able to tune into them and their own connection. We can't feel it. We can't tune into it as readily. And so if they're going along in their lives and they know intuitively what they need to be doing, we may interfere with that process because we're not able to tune into them. So we may find ourselves telling them sometimes when we instead need to be observing and supporting. And so that can, that can really undermine their own confidence in their intuitive knowing as well. Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is as parents, we can sometimes succumb to our own fears for, say, our child's, I don't know, safety or well-being. And is what you're saying that we get into the fearful place and so then we need to control and then, so it's really... That's exactly what happens. Okay, (laughs) okay, okay. So in a situation then where, let's say your child is, um, I don't know, maybe starting to hang out with kids that you know, you're not getting a great vibe from or, or that sort of thing. Uh, how, how do you then go through that situation consciously? So, you know, I, I might have a strong, a strong desire to, to discourage a certain relationship. Um, 
how would you how would you suggest as a parent that we connect to ourselves so that we can then have that conversation i'm curious if you were to give me an example of what that would look like what would be the kind of script a person might use um i i might take a couple of approaches i i would first of all i need to go inside myself and find out what i'm afraid of and find out whether it's valid so that involves a whole process of sorting out because sometimes we're not getting a good vibe from another child because of something in our own past experience right Mm -hmm. so again it's as you said earlier it's triggering a fear and we need to shine a little bit of light on that Mm -hmm. inside ourselves and find out what the vibe is and and there may well be a valid concern there but the next piece is to If it turns out to be a valid concern, then there's a couple of ways we can handle it. We can approach our child. We can approach our child and perhaps ask them how they're feeling in that relationship. You know, if there's a if there's something about the way that child is that's going to result in a painful experience for our child which is usually what we're on the alert for as mama bears, right? Mm -hmm. If there's something about that, our child may need to go through that process in order to, and have that experience in order to do the learning they need to do on their journey. Mm. So one of the things we can do is just be, be watchful. And as long as there's not an imminent safety issue involved, we can be watchful and we can wait for the opportunity to arise in which there's an interaction or a situation that's painful for our child and they come to us and then we support them to work through the interaction using what we know about relationships. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it sounds like what you're saying is that we may be getting an off vibe and so it could either be that you know we're, we're being informed by our own triggering experiences yes. or that our intuition is right but... Our job is not to uh, um, uh, interfere. Our job is not to intervene, Mm -hmm. but rather to witness and support our child as they go through the process of learning what it's like when they're in they're not connected to their intuition or when something has happened that has been painful how how Mm -hmm. how they can tune into what their experience of that was so they remember it for next time so that they're on alert for those feelings so what are some of the ways that we can encourage our child to look within let's say they've just had Uh, that experience, that growing up experience of like, oh, that didn't feel very good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are some of the ways that we can teach them to connect with their intuition so that they are alert to those signs and signals in the future when a situation or a person isn't a good fit for them? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I, that comes to mind first is just asking them when they're, when they're telling you the story is just asking them to sit for a moment and take a breath or two and um, tell me where, for my son, tell, tell me where he feels it in his body. Hmm. You know, do you have butterflies in your stomach? Do you have tightness somewhere? Like just do a quick body scan 
and um, notice where you're feeling it. The other um, tool that we use a lot is the needs and feelings list from Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication. And that helps my son to articulate how he's feeling. And then that's a jumping off place for how do you want to feel? And, you know, how could you get there? And, you know, as you might guess, there's all sorts of other opportunities in between for learning, you know, as we tend to want to offload our bad feelings by maybe blaming the other person, all of the things that we do that shift us out of being in our own power. There's opportunities to do teaching with our children in those um, moments ourselves. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, my daughter when she was six years old or so, we had done the uh, nonviolent communication workshop, my, my husband and I, and we were keeping the feelings and needs lists on our refrigerator. So we had them handy because, you know, it takes a while to learn the language. Mm, and nice. for a person like myself who uh, has just grown up with the default set to my needs will not be met, mm-hmm. It you become so detached from what your needs are that it doesn't occur to you to even ask, mm-hmm. what's my need in this moment? Because the default setting is, well, it's not going to be met anyway. So you stay in this loop of just emotional reaction. So I was a person who could very quickly identify my emotions, but really needed the list to help me figure out what my needs were. And so when I got stuck with my daughter one time about cleaning up her room, I mean, this is, you know this for me, Colleen, this is like my, my uh, major uh, point of strife in my parenting life is how much of my daughter cleaning her room is me controlling and mm-hmm. just having things the way I like it and how much is teaching her good skills and habits. And of course, you know, I wish I was a more naturally tidy person. Uh, and my husband would say I am a tidy person in many ways, but I wish I was better. And so when I sat down with my daughter and she was so upset with me, it was so rare. And I gave her the feelings and needs list for her to point to the word frustrated and angry and Mm. aggravated. And I thought, wow, you know, she's six and she can read and she (laughs) seems to pretty much know what those words mean. And when I flipped over the list and said on the backside, well, what do you need in this moment? And she scanned the list and there was nothing until she finally pointed to the word space. Mm. And I was like, wow, six years Mm. old and knows that she needs some independence. She needs her own place in the home that's Mm -hmm. just hers. It was a profound Mm. moment where I just recognized that she knows on such a deeper level than I Mm -hmm. was giving her credit for. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a really great resource. Thank you for that. I'm curious about the language that you use uh, with your son or with other kids because, um, you know, many people are uh, living very secular lives. They might not talk about energy or spirit generally in their homes and families, even though they're maybe curious about that and, and beginning to explore intuition. But a lot of us don't even get around to that until we're in our 30s or 40s where mm-hmm. we're having our own spiritual questing. So what kind of language is appropriate, do you think, for kids? Do you talk about them? Can, do you talk about connecting to your intuition or your inner voice or your higher self? What have you found helpful? 
In our family, I usually um, talk, I talk mostly about connecting to feelings. Mm. Um, and my son knows because I told him in the past that for me, that means the same as connecting with spirit. Mm. So we do periodically talk about spirit and we talk about spirit as that inner essence or that part of ourselves that's, that's unique. Mm. The part from which our unique gifts and expression of who we are, that's what arises from spirit or that inner essence. For me, that's my personal definition. So that's nice. So that's what he knows. Hmm. And so how do you weave that into your everyday living? Like, are you, I don't know, like if somebody's cranky and it's dinner time are you sort of like okay let's connect with yourself or do you just say like take a breath what does your body need and or you know like I'm just curious how you kind of weave it into the day in a natural way because you know I don't think I've ever sat down and had a talk with my daughter about spirit but you know we try to talk at bedtime about things or I I do body scans I'm just curious if you have any other tools or techniques that is helpful for parents who are just trying to introduce this notion to their kids I think like many people I don't do it as much formally or regularly I do it when I get a little bit stuck or into trouble (laughs) (laughs) a little bit more so I when talking about spiritual matters tends to come up in everyday conversation with everyday experiences And there's a couple of different motivations for that, for me. And one of them is when we get stuck, uh, particularly when my son is resisting me. And as you know, Carmen, I'm a huge fan of David R. Hawkins' work, Mm -hmm. um, especially his book, Power Versus Force, but many of his others as well. And when we get stuck... I am often finding myself trying to get him to do something that I feel is important and he's not on board and and we're stuck. And sometimes what I, I find myself doing is reaching for an explanation that gives him a greater context and that helps him to understand that this isn't just about me trying to make him do something in the moment. I have a bigger purpose in mind. And as I do that, I find myself drawing on my own spiritual beliefs to try to help him understand what, how I'm trying to go about preparing him for his adulthood. Okay, what would be an example of that? So, so I... You've read the example that's in my blog post. That's the easiest one that comes to mind where I was trying to get him to do something and I can't remember what it was now. And he just wasn't on board at all. And we got quite stuck. He was really resistant and I was starting to get quite frustrated. And uh, my frustration moved to being overwhelmed And then moved to complete despair Mm. because he was about four years old at the time. And I just thought, how am I ever going to 
work with him when it's a, he's a teenager. <laughs> right. I, I your life even, was flashing before I, your eyes. I can't even get this figured out when he's four. I'm, I'm hopeless. I'm, I'm never going to be able to do this. In my moment of despair, the idea that came to me was to explain to him that I really wasn't trying to tell him what to do. And so, you know, I acknowledged that it was really hard for him to be feeling powerless in that moment and to be feeling as if he was being told what to do and he had no control. And then I went on to explain to him that, you know, he's a child with these unique gifts, like all of us, that he brings to the world and he's going to want to use those unique gifts to make a, a contribution to the world someday to make the world a better place and when I'm asking him to do some of these particular things that I ask him to do it's because I'm trying to help him to learn the skills that he'll need when he goes forward to do that as an adult and you know by the time I got to that moment of despair in that in that situation I wasn't I guess I had reached the point where I had let go too. I wasn't even really trying to talk him into that in anything anymore. I was already given up. <laughs> so probably the combination of what I was saying, along with having just let go a little bit, created enough space that he was able to come alongside of me again. Mm -hmm. And we were able to find a way to move forward together mm. to solve whatever problem had arisen. And again, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was... I like that image too, that you're, you know, you are a companion to this soul on their path. And so that was a, a very distinct moment for me. I remember just recognizing that, you know, my belief is she chose me mm. and she, she chose me to be her companion, you know, as much as her guide. Mm. It takes me back to earlier in the conversation when you said that we have to just witness and observe them go through the difficult lessons mm. so that they can learn for themselves what it feels like when they're disconnected. Yes. And then we remind them what it feels like when they're connected. Yes. And whatever that feels like for them. Do you have any sort of parting advice for parents who want to teach their kids to recognize and value and embrace their intuition? Well, staying connected to your own intuition mm -hmm. and having a practice for doing that is really important. Um, that probably goes without saying. Um, I, actually, I don't think it does go without saying. Okay. I think that's a profound insight that, you know, because I, I think plenty of times when we're trying to teach our children, we're not, we're in our head space. Mm. We're not always in our heart space or our heart, you know, we mean well, but we start explaining to them the whys and the wherefores rather than modeling for them. You know, when I imagine you with Ross, I imagine that you're doing a lot more listening and affirming and asking questions than you know most of us would in in the moment so I, I actually think that's wonderful advice that yeah it's just a great reminder for parents that we need to do a lot more tuning into ourselves and that means that we're quiet mm -hmm. and we're not just answering everything that our child says and everything coming out of our mouth isn't directive or expository mm -hmm. it's often yes. questioning and reflecting yeah 
So no, that doesn't go without saying. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I I wondered if it seemed obvious based on our earlier conversation as as the biggest threat. Mm. You know, but I agree. I don't think people are really doing it in everyday life, and I I think the the other piece of that that you already started to mention is really being mindful of when we're telling and when we're listening and whether we really need to be telling and where the telling is coming from, mm. right? Is it coming from fear? Is it coming from, you know, information that may be from our past experience but may not be relevant to their experience and may not even be relevant in the future? Mm. You know, we often... Our experience is important learning and we often believe that we're teaching our children to be prepared for an adulthood that's going to be similar to ours and that's not necessarily the case. The world is changing and I think that's where it's so important to come back to what we believe ourselves are more spiritual or timeless truths because I I don't be- personally believe that there's a lot of real universally applicable truths out there mm. in the world. You know, I always tell my son there's perspectives, right? There's a lot of perspectives. There's not really that much truth. Mm. But I do believe that we can find somewhat of a foundation in some of these spiritual truths mm. um, that are about our human experiences and, you know, the fact that we come connected sometimes or we come disconnected sometimes and that's just part of the human experience too mm. right it's not bad and so we're not telling our children that that's not where you want to be because they're going to be there mm-hmm. there's no there's no escape right that's part of you know that that well Carmen I know you teach about it that notion that we can't sort of escape our pain in this mm-hmm. lifetime and that's not even what we're meant to do right we're meant to kind of make friends with it and I think one of the most challenging places we do that is watching our children go through painful experiences. Oh, yeah. It's just gut-wrenching. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know. I Yeah. I, I do firmly believe that the dark times are soul-making times. Mm. That is what they are there for. They are there for us to craft meaning and make yes. meaning from our lives. And, yeah, it's hard for me. It's hard to witness those I love, especially the little ones, Mm. you know, and, but I do think you're right. We get triggered by our own experience Mm -hmm. and, you know, have this urge to protect, Yes, you know, and, and we, we do, it helps to be connected to my own intuition so that I can detach from that and remember how important it is for Mirabella and my daughter to be making meaning. Mm. That's what we're meant to do, I believe, Mm -hmm. you know, and, so, yeah, having my own practice definitely helps mm. me be better at letting her craft her own practice. And modeling, I think that's another great thing that you bring up, just modeling what that looks like for us mm-hmm. and sharing our process with our kids is so important. And so you do a lot of body scanning. Um, you know, Mirabella's been making pendulums out of bobby pins and dental floss since she was (laughs) seven you know so they see what we do they see that there's some kind of magic happening and i think when we can let them in um, one of the things i know as a parent is that i feel more assured that i've not just given her a map i've given her a compass Mm -hmm. i've given her a wayfinding tool 
I think that's, you know, so much of what your work is, is giving people wayfinding tools because there is no map, mm-hmm. right? And like you said, the world is changing. That's exactly it. And if he's following my map now, whose map is he going to follow in the future? He needs to be connected to his own internal compass. That is his greatest gift and key to living an authentic heart-centered life for him mm-hmm. you know instead of going out and finding somebody else to follow after he is gone from our home mm-hmm. last question today mm. colleen what do you consider perfect happiness i feel happiest when i feel really connected to myself And when I feel really connected to myself, I find that I'm much more able to connect strongly with my son and with my husband and everything about our relationships and our lives just feels as if if it goes a little bit more smoothly. Mm, Yeah, connection. I love that. Thank you so much for connecting with me and our listeners today, Colleen. I really enjoy our conversations. Thank you for inviting me. It's been my pleasure. Do you remember Colleen's answer to my very first question in this interview? The greatest threat to our children's connection with their intuition is when we aren't connected to our intuition ourselves. Boom! Didn't that hit home? That's why she's the person I call whenever I'm stuck with what to do as a parent. Colleen also brought up that great suggestion that the way to teach our children about spirit and intuition is just through everyday conversations about everyday situations. Truly simple advice and very affirming for me and I love hearing how she does it. And I also, the, the other takeaway, great phrase that will has been seared into my mind about why it's important to teach our kids to stay connected to themselves is when Colleen said if he's following my map now whose map will he be following later after he's left home Whew, good question now Colleen gave us some excellent resources she mentioned Marshall Rosenberg and nonviolent communication and also David Hawkins power versus force I'll have links uh, to Colleen's website and all of the resources that she talked about in the show notes and you can find my show notes on my website carmenspaniola.com c-a-r-m-e-n-s-p-a-g-n-o-l-a I want to thank Colleen so much for coming on the show and thank you so much for listening. And this is a shout out to the three people in China and the six people in India and the 36 people in Poland who've been listening to the Numinous podcast. Hello. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please share it far and wide because you never know who needs to hear it right now. If you'd like to keep exploring the great mystery of life with me, just go to my website, carmenspaniola.com. That's where you'll learn uh, more about the Numinous School, my online intuition development course, and also how to work with me one-on-one. While you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter. You'll instantly receive a free meditation download, and you'll get a newsletter from me every month. Until next time, take care.